We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to RotoWire's Wednesday NBA DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Bartle. I'm back. I'm better than ever. I was not here Monday. I had to have a little bit of a fill-in with Alex. And he did a great job, it sounds like. But I am joined alongside, as always, with Ben Miller. Ben, did you miss me just a little bit? I yes. did a lot. Yeah, it was. I just realized how hard your job is compared to mine. I, I get <laughs> I get to listen and respond. You gotta you gotta make the content. So I, I was, facilitate the conversation. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was tough. It was tough. I'm glad you're back. Not only that, but then I had to cut up all the stuff. Apparently, you made a whole bunch of mistakes Monday. That's oh, weird. it was yeah, it was it was ugly. Uh, they the, the listeners probably. <laughs> they might not be back. <laughs> we, we lost all the audience that yeah, we right. spent all season building up, <laughs> exactly. just because you had to be cutting and splicing. That's that's not that's not encouraging at all. I, I felt know. really good about you and Alex taking over. I was gone. I was sick on Monday, and I just didn't think I was going to be able to talk and do the podcast enough. And now you're telling me that literally there's going to be no one listening to this because you messed up one day. I mean, Alex did his job. Alex did his job. I, I, I can't say the the same about myself. Um, <laughs> next man up. We had to have the exactly. next man up mentality. Yes. You couldn't follow through. I don't think so. You know, it was like it went from an A performance to maybe a C minus. Um, but yeah, exactly why we're glad you're back. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, on that note, we should probably just get right into the Wednesday Absolutely. slate going on. There's a lot of games. 
not too many really big injuries to know from the top guys. There's a couple positions, <clears throat> power forward, that are just god-awful thanks to injuries. But for the most part, we know what we're getting into. So to me, this seems like one of those we go for a star or two, or you just don't do stars and scrubs at all. I think you can go a variety of different directions. When I was putting together my FanDuel lineup, I just goofed around and I was able to put together a lineup I felt good enough about with all players under 6K. All players under 6K, and it's not going to win. It's not even a tournament kind of lineup, but it was enough players. I was like, oh yeah, I could see a situation where this guy gets 30 to 35. Oh yeah, this guy could maybe get up for 40. And I think that adds a lot of diversity to this lineup that we have going on for Wednesday. There's a couple of big questions that we could do when we're constructing our lineup. And I think the first ends up being, what's the better stacking matchup overall? We have the Magic Bulls, Rockets, Lakers, Pacers, Hawks. I also have a surprise sneaky one in there that we'll talk about in a little bit. Okay. But I think those are the three main ones that people are going to be targeting. Of those, which one's your favorite matchup to stack? I love the 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 Rockets Lakers game. I think there's a ton of ton of plays in there. Obviously, you have James Harden, um, but with the Lakers losing, you know, Brooke Lopez. I like a lot of the guys in the front court for the Lakers. Whether that's you know Larry Nance, Julius Randle. Um, there's a bunch of guys there, and I, I mean, I don't necessarily love anyone going up against you know Chris Paul, um, but the Rockets defense as a whole is not that scary. So um, I, I, it's it's nice for me to look at that whole Lakers, you know, front court and say, Oh, I, I wouldn't mind them going up against the Rockets. Oh, and, and obviously with guys like Chris Paul and, and James Harden, they're two superstars. So, um, going up against the Lakers defense as well on the other side, it's, that's just as good in my opinion. So I think there's a lot to go on e- either side of that matchup. And Clint Capella will be returning for the center spot. Does that at all weigh in a, as far as your Julius Randle, Larry Nance love? Cause I looked at that and I wasn't really high in those, either of those guys. Not necessarily. I, I mean, Capella definitely adds in a factor where you have to think, you know, this guy's a lot better defensively than Ryan Anderson at center or, <laughs> or Tariq black or whoever they put over there. Um, I don't think it hurts it that much. I think there's still so many minutes available for a guy like Julius Randle. And Larry Nance is a little cheaper um, because he doesn't really have that production. So I'm not necessarily you know, loving that pick at all. But I, I really do still like Julius Randle. Well, foreshadowing a little bit, the optimizer does like that uh, lineup as well. I actually am going the other way as far as the three main stacking games. I think that Magic Bulls one has a lot of promise. We know the Bulls have struggled defensively all year, whether it be the center spot, whether it be either of the guards. They, they cannot contain them. And then we have the advantage with Aaron Gordon out that we have maybe some more Super Mario time, yeah. who I did hit on last Wednesday. That was Big the, time. That was yep. about the only guy I hit on, but I did hit <laughs> on that, and we stressed that quite a bit. He's still, I mean, he's only about a 1,000 higher than when he was last ones we were talking. So we have a cheaper guy that we know is going to go off, and we also have guys like Amir Titch, too, that end up being your de facto best option at power forward at 7,100 because there just isn't anything else. And oh, by the way, he's coming off the bench and still dropping 20 points a night. I mean, that's four or five straight nights in a row that he scored at least 20. I think that this game ends up being one of those sneakily bad but good games. If you're right. watching yeah. and have DFS action, if you have a little bit of stake in it, I think that one's going to be the bigger one, more so than Rockets Lakers, more so than Pacers Hawks. No, I agree. Two, two pretty... F- poor teams you know matching up obviously you like anyone's matchup against the bulls that's usually how it goes even though they've played well of late um but yeah when you add the, the injuries to both aaron gordon and, and evan fournier who's expected to sit out that adds a little value plays there you know shifts the usage to, to guys like alfred payton and, and vucevic um so definitely a lot of different things to consider in that matchup where you know there's a lot of guys where yeah i kind of like that we have six people on FanDuel's wednesday slate that are over 10 or ten thousand or over i should say of which two are centers and then the rest are point guard, shooting guard, save for Kevin Durant, who is your highest price guy at 11900 and also has gotten a couple 70-point Fanduel games in the last week or so with Steph Curry out. 
Durant's going against the Grizzlies. So let's say for a second that you are a little bit wary of that, that you don't want Durant in your lineup for whatever reason. You think maybe the Warriors are going to struggle, the Grizzlies defense okay. Do you want to go ahead and pay for a up-tier point guard, or do you want to pay for an upper-tier shooting guard? I'm going to make you, you know, tie your hands behind your back here, and you can only have one. Do you want the shooting guard or point guard? I think I'd rather pay up for the shooting guard. Um, looking down the slate for for point guards, there's there's a ton of guys that you, you like, whether that's, you know, there's a ton of expensive guys three. at point guard, too. At least three point guards yeah. that I like that are under 6K at this time. Exactly. There's a lot of mid-tier at that point guard slot where I'm, I'm fully comfortable dropping down a tier there and paying up for shooting guard, which is often a place where, you know, it struggles to, to have depth, where, where it's a quality, you know, DFS guy. So definitely I'm, I'm looking at shooting guard, you know, obviously with James Harden lead, at the lead target up at, up at the top. I agree with you only because we've lost three of our middle to upper tier shooting guards in D'Angelo Russell, in Devin Booker, and in Donovan Mitchell, right. who, again, last Wednesday we had talked, and he did pretty well for you on your slate, and I didn't end up using him. Now he's out, and he's going to be out at least for this game, potentially maybe one down the road, too. I think he's coming back or trending to coming back, but he's out Wednesday. That's all that matters. Right, right. We have guys like Tyreek Evans, Clay Thompson, CJ McCollum, but if Lou Williams is also out, and he could be. He's the third highest priced shooting guard right now, and he's a questionable decision. That's just James Harden and Old Depot that are left. And I think that you're kind of forced to pay up for the shooting guard spot and then have to go down to the point guard. We're lucky in the sense that there are multiple guys under 6K that I feel confident about yeah. that should be getting around 30 minutes a night and should be able to increase their production more so than we expect. But at the same time, you're kind of forced, in my opinion, to go with at least one high priced shooting guard, if not more than that. And again, you like the James Harden matchup. That's great against the Lakers. But we don't have many options at the shooting guard spot if you want to pay up, really. Right, no, exactly. And that's, for me, the, the, the decision maker between the point guard and, and the shooting guard spot is just that there's so many, so many mid-tier options at point guard um, that are viable options. So definitely, I'm definitely you know, with you on that one. Well, let's get to some of the matchups on Wednesday's slate. Here we have the uh, Raptors Hornets starting things off at 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We know CJ Miles will be out. Serge Ibaka is probable. He did do well last Wednesday when we were talking about him you were kind of low on him have your feelings changed at all now seeing him get integrated back in that lineup kind of getting past that knee injury he is probable for uh Wednesday's seven o'clock Eastern time tip off um I, I'm not a huge person that goes with guys fresh off injuries you know knee injury that's, that's he's probable though he's still I mean it, it's it's something where you know he, he lands wrong and he's out for the rest of the game I don't mind I mean he's going up against the Hornets that's Dwight Howard you know that's that's a rim protector that's who's Kaminsky. gonna True, Kaminsky, Marvin Williams. Um, it's not like a it's not a horrible matchup. Like that's it's something he could exploit being a bigger guy going up against like Marvin Williams, who probably will start a uh, power forward. Um, I still, I I'm just I'm, I'm not a huge fan. But the thing that helps is is that the the power forward spot is just so right crappy that up top. That was where I was going to go. Yeah, with that. so that then it's understandable if you if you absolutely need to pay down a little bit there. I think that people are going to gravitate towards punting at that power forward spot specifically right. if they want to pay up for certain areas like the point guard, like the shooting guard. If you want to have Oladipo and Harden in there, you likely are going to have to punt at the power forward. Abaka's price such and with the available power forwards, he really isn't a punt option. But that's kind of what you're looking at overall for that power forward spot right. on Fanduel. And I kind of agree with you. I'm staying away from him. It's not so much that I don't like Ibaka, but I think that Dwight Howard's going to soak up a lot of the rebounds. Kaminsky, when he's out there, too. Cast off from the Bucks. Johnny O'Brien could be getting some more minutes. Now that Cody Zeller will be out with a knee injury, too, for the Hornets. So I just think that there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for Ibaka, whether it be scoring. I, I do like a guy like DeRozan, though, going against the Hornets, even, even Lowry to that extent, too. I think both those guys are interesting options, if nothing else. But I'm going to be staying away from Ibaka again, and I think power forward is going to end up being a punt play for the slate. Yeah, this game just as a whole for me, 
I'm not a huge fan. I, I could see using a guy like DeRozan. I mean, the Hornets give up the seventh most, you know, points to Fanduel points to to shooting guards. So I could see there being some some viability there. As a whole, I just I'm not a huge fan of that game. Moving over to the Pacers, Hawks, seven thirty Eastern time tip off. No real interest to note for the Pacers. Darren Darren Collison will be returning after a multi game absence, and he will be starting there. I think it's an interesting name to note when we're talking about Dennis Schroeder. But not really one I want to target. I, I have him in season long. That's the only reason I know this. Yeah. I, I want Darren Collison back in there, but I'm not really going to be looking for him on the DFS side of things. And then on the Hawks, of course, we have Mike Muscala and Dwayne Dedman, who will be out. And we've talked about that, you know, it feels like five, seven. Forever. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we get John Collins kind of thing and Ursani Lee Sova. If you want to use him again, I think this is an interesting stacking game, but there's better ones out there and there's better value plays out there as well yeah i mean you're right this is one of those games where not a lot of defense is played so that that kind of helps with the overall statistics portion of, of every single player on the floor but um not a whole lot i love here either you know if you're looking in that hawks front court i'd go john collins like you said miles Plumley hasn't really done anything tyler Kavanaugh hasn't done anything it's the collins show if anything um so i agree this is this is still one of those games where it's not my favorite to, to target anyone in Here's my sneaky uh, stacking game, though. The Heat Celtics, 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. Goran Dragic will be doubtful with the elbow injury. That means more Tyler Johnson. Hassan Whiteside, we know, is going to be out. So it's Kelly Olenek, Bam Adayo is going to be in there. Justin Winslow again out. So more Jordan Mickey. We got more Olenek again. James Johnson also out. There's a lot of guys for the Heat that are hurt. We're yeah. talking Tyler Johnson, Dion Waiters, Josh Richardson getting at least 35 minutes, I think. And I know the Celtics defense is good. I understand that they are bottom third in terms of Fanduel points to just about every position when you're clicking through the, the Royal Wire stuff there. I still like all three of them. Josh Richardson in particular, I understand there's going to be some defensive uh, issues that the Celtics are going to present. But this is a guy that's gotten 40 Fanduel points in a couple games now since we've seen the uptick of minutes. I think Tyler Johnson's under 5K. I think he's 4,600 price at the point guard spot. He's getting 35 minutes. Yeah. By virtue of playing 35 minutes, you're likely going to be able to get 25 to 30 Fanduel points. And Dion Waiters, if the Heat are going to be in this game, and I think they will, he has to score too. So I kind of like all three of those guys, given the amount of minutes they have to play. Yeah, I, I completely agree. There's there's so many minutes available. I think they only had like eight or nine bodies available the last time out. So that kind of limits... I mean, that kind of makes every single player is going to see like 25, 30 minutes, no matter what. Um, Johnson didn't have like the best game. I think he had like 27 Fanduel points mm-hmm. last last time out. Not not horrible, but still a guy I consider. He's cheap, 4,500. He can score pretty quickly. So I, I like that play. And I think the biggest thing here with, with me as well is Josh Richardson and Deion Waiters. They're both you know, capable scorers. They both, their usage is going to be up. They're going to, they're going to be, you know, with the ball in their hands a lot more than usual. I like both those guys. If, if I'm playing for the, they're both at 5,800. Richardson is a small forward listing on FanDuel. And then waiters is a uh, shooting guard listing. We talked about the paying up for that shooting guard spot. We kind of feel like we're, we have our hands tied. We have to at least pay it for one. I didn't end up paying for one. I really want the waiters route and I want the other. Well, I did pay it for one. I went for Oladipo and waiters, but I think waiters presents a nice little in-between option. If you don't want to go all the way. One more point on Richardson though, with all these injuries that have taken place, he's now scored 47.3 Fanduel points and 44.6 Fanduel points. The last two games that's coming almost entirely by the points category. He's not bringing that cross category per stuff that you like. Yeah, I understand that. And if we want to see more of a representation of what could happen, if he doesn't score a lot of points, Charlotte, uh, he played, I think, last week and only scored 11. He got 32 Fanduel points. Even with that, 
At 5,800, that's still pretty good value for where you're looking at the small forward spot. I think that I understand, again, Celtics defense really good, not trying to go against that. But I have all three of my guys in my lineup right now because I think they're just going to have to play a bunch. And by that point, they're going to have to get a lot of Fanduel points. Yeah, I mean, Richardson at one point was about 4,600. So he's definitely up over 1,000 from where he was. Always gives me pause, but still, <laughs> I, I do like him for, for this matchup. Um, it's just... He's, he's getting the usage compared to everyone else without no Drogic, no you know white side there's there's just so many minutes and touches available you got to like that play and even in the front court guys like Adebayo Olenek and and Jordan Mickey who's yeah. only like 40 something low 4000s or something like that um he had a solid last couple of games as well so there's a lot of players to, to pick through on the heat. Olenek was the only one where I felt like he was priced higher than I wanted to go he's at 6100 yeah. at the power forward spot yep. and again if you wanted to punt 6100 really isn't a punting option given the slight that we have going for Wednesday's uh, FanDuel action. But at the same time, I understand it. He's right. not getting enough minutes and not really getting enough usage of those minutes for me to feel confident with it. But when we're talking about the guards in particular, even the small forward and Josh Richardson, I still like those guys quite a bit. Definitely. And I understand, again, Celtics defense really good. Don't care. I'm going to roll with all three of them. And I think, again, we'll, we'll set our final lineups closer to 7 o'clock Eastern time tip off. But I, I have a hard time believing I'm going to take any one of those guys out given they have to play about 35 minutes. Yeah, no, I think I think there's validity for, for taking any single one of those players. Kings net 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. George Hill is going to be probable. That means he's going to likely see a bunch of minutes since DeAndre Fox is out with the quad injury. So George Hill, Frank Mason benefit the most from Fox, but Hill is one of those guys that when he has the, uh, the well, the court to himself, I should say, when he really is the guy that's going to be taking most of the position, he does pretty well when we're talking DFS purposes. He's never a season-long guy right, right. where you feel confident using him. But in this sense, I think that Hill coming off the illness, he should be a pretty decent DFS play too. And again, it's another one of those 6K, 5K players, the point guard spot that you can feel confident using. Yeah, he's even less than that tonight. He's only 4,600. There you go. So you got to love that one, <laughs> especially when Fox is out. I mean, that's that's a lot more touches um, for him. He sat out the last game, I think. Um, that he's extra rested. You know, I don't I don't expect him to be a guy that throws up 45, 50. Um, he just I don't think he has that sort of upside. But I think he's an easy 30, 35, 40 type of guy, um, especially without Fox in there. Well, and this is going against a Nets team too that has struggled defensively against the point guard for many years yeah, now. It feels right. like too, and and they again are continuing that struggle this year. They've gotten better overall as a team. Um, but we're still looking at a situation where you could feel confident that he should be able to get Definitely. around. Yep. I mean, is 30 Fanduel points a low number for you as far as what you're expecting from Hill? I think that that's the least of what he can hit. Of what he can hit? Um, no, I think. I mean, I don't. I just think his top number is what's limited. I don't think he can get 45. You know, I, okay. I think he's maxing out at around 40, just because he's he's kind of a veteran of that group, and, and I yeah. don't think the the Kings really re- like want to rely on him that much. Magic Bulls, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Again, we talked about this matchup before as a guy that we, or a group of teams that we want to stack here as far as potential for high scoring affair. Aaron Afowell is back, and he will be playing with that back injury. Uh, we talked about Fournier. He's out. Gordon, he's going to be out. So more, uh, you know, more Super Mario, more Super Mario time. And he, his price has jumped in dramatically, too, since we last talked Wednesday. But is that situation where you don't feel comfortable using him because of that? I know that's normally your bugaboo when a person spikes up incredibly yeah. high as far as price, you want to stay away from it. But is that the case here? If Because a Flalo's back, it gives me a little more pause. I feel like a Flalo could kind of steal a few more more of the minutes on the wing. Um, not not to say a Zoni's going to see time at power forward, obviously, with, without Aaron Gordon. Right. Um, 
the thing that helps it is is they're playing the Bulls. You know, that's I think that's where I'm not like scared of the matchup or anything like that. So I still think Kazonia can have a solid game despite being 4,800. I mean, he obviously had 45 Fanduel points the last time out. Had a, a clunker with 6.4 Fanduel points and then had 42 the previous one. So that's, I think that there's somewhere in between, right? For, right. for Herzog. Yeah. It's going to be some. Yeah. I don't think he's going to continue to get 40 point games. No. I also don't think he's going to get six points. I think there's probably around the 25 to 30, but we are seeing the upside that he brings with those 40 point games. And at 4,800 for a small forward spot, again, we talk about Josh Richardson, but I think Hazonia is one of those people that could do pretty darn well too. Yeah, I think he's a, a guy you can kind of get in that low mid tier where it's, it's still some, some solid upside. Uh, moving on over to the Jazz. Thunder, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Derek Favors has been upgraded. To, uh, probably he was listed as questionable earlier. If he's probable, he's coming back with the concussion. That likely means less minutes for Epke Udo, Jones Repko, Joe Johnson. We already talked about uh, Donovan Mitchell is going to be out, so that means more Joe Ingles or Rodney Hood. I think Hood becomes an interesting name against a Thunder team. Raul Nito is going to be out with, out, out with the concussion. Not really a huge DFS guy anyway. We've already talked extensively about Gobert in the past, so I'm going to double back to Rodney Hood. Again, we talk about paying up for that shooting guard spot. If you don't want to go for both of them in Oladipo and Harden, is Hood a guy you consider putting in as your second sh- uh, shooting guard option on FanDuel? Without Mitchell, absolutely. I think he had, looks like Hood had 41 FanDuel points the last time out. Without Mitchell in there, he's going to see a ton. I mean, he's already seeing like 30, 30 minutes a game. So I right. think it, for, if anything, the, the Mitchell absence actually just means the ball's going to be in Hood's hand a little more. His usage is going to rise, um, which I think is great. You know, 5,700, that's not expensive. It's a solid mid-tier price. I like that play. And I, actually with Derek Favors too. Favors is a guy I have to consider now before when he was you know kind of that game time decision. Obviously, I was staying away but right without mitchell you know there's someone's got a score for that team and i could definitely see them try and run through um uh, favors a little more the optimizer well. loved favors yeah. i took favors out of the optimizer lineup as i blew exclude him using that big x button yeah one of the great things to have on the yeah, site that, if yeah. you're if you're using the daily side but i excluded him from the lineup because i didn't think he was playing he was in that original lineup right away and i think that he becomes an interesting name again we talk a lot about the power forward slate already given all the injuries that have gone on with it I don't feel comfortable using him because I feel like there's a lot of guys around that 6K range where I want to use more so than favors, but I understand where people might want to go that route. I wonder if he's not kind of a sneakier tournament play too. Yeah, and the thing is, his injury is not like a knee or calf injury. It's not to, not to say a concussion is like a, an easy injury. <laughs> Careful now. <laughs> but I'm just saying like in terms of something being aggravated, you don't, yeah, you don't necessarily aggravate a concussion. I mean, obviously, if you take a shot to the head, yes. But um, I just feel like that's an, uh, there's less risk there in terms of, of coming out early because of you know some sort of You're right, yeah. I yeah. mean, if it comes back up again, that's, that's likely not going to be a situation. Yeah, with, yeah you're true. I, I, I know you're not trying to dis- diminish at all. Definitely not, no. The concussions, right. but I understand what you're saying with that. We'll move on to the Lakers-Rockets. We've talked a lot about this matchup already. 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Bro- Brooklyn Lopez is going to be out another three weeks with that ankle injury, so that means Larry Nance, Julius Randle, Catavius Caldwell-Pope will be out uh, with some legal matters going on. Jordan Clarkson, Josh Hart filling in for him. Bob Mute is going to be out on the Clipper side of things. A few more minutes for P.J. Tucker and Clint Capella is probable with that left calf contusion. I think we've spent a lot of time on this matchup. Yeah. And when we talk about our DFS lamps a little bit more, we'll get to that. So I think we can kind of move past it for now, given the injuries aren't drastic on either side. Yeah, no, definitely. No Pistons, Mavericks, 8.30 Eastern time tip-off. John Luer is going to be out. Avery Bradley's out at least three more games. Reggie Bullock becomes an interesting option. Langston Galloway, too. As far as getting a little bit more minutes, Dennis Smith will play. That means we can start or we can not start, I should say, Yogi Ferrell, J.J. Bure, Devin Harris. Those guys are all, and of course, they have a plethora, smorgasbord of non-DFS injury options anyway. So I think we could talk a little bit about 
that Reggie Bullock play, that's an interesting one for if you really want to do that stars in the scrubs lineup. I almost wonder if you have to have a guy like Reggie Bullock in there. I think so. Um, the weird thing is he's had you know two games in a row where he had 29 and 28 Vandal points, but Fandle didn't really adjust his his price. So he's, he's actually gone down from the last game from 3,800 <laughs> to 3,700, oh, okay. despite you know Avery Bradley still sitting out. So there's definitely some something going on there. Maybe Fandle knows something we don't. Um, but I, I still feel, feel very comfortable using Bullock, and I'm, I'm definitely going to in order to fit a guy like James Harden in there if we're paying up at shooting guard. Well, here's the thing. He's listed as a small forward on Fandle. So now you're limiting your ability to be able to use a Josh Richardson or, or Zonia Super Mario that is at 4,800. Both those guys would talk a lot about value play options. If Bullock is that good of a play, I think we're talking about more of an upside play in the sense that Richardson and Zonia are providing as opposed to Bullock. So that's the reason I right. wouldn't want to go that direction, and you have to really consider that when putting together your lineup. No, I, I, I agree. Richardson, he's got a, a much higher ceiling than what <clears throat> Even with the Celtics, though? Even playing against the Celtics? I think so. I, think I agree so. with you, but I think that there's probably some people out there that disagree, and that's why I think it's an important conversation to have. Yeah, it's more about if you need a, a $2,000 salary break rather than um the ex- expended potential that yeah, could come yeah. with richardson i agree with you yeah let's move on to the timberwolves nuggets only a couple more games on wednesday slate here uh bielitsa is going to be out with a foot injury for the timberwolves side of things gary harris is a game time decision with the elbow could be more malik beasley could be more will barton and i think that makes matters even more interesting because emmanuel Moutier will be doubtful with the ankle injury even more minutes for jamal murray i think Barton's also going to benefit from that too. Yeah, yep. I like Murray quite a bit as an under 6K option at the point guard spot. I've always liked Murray so long as there aren't people taking away his options. Well, now we have two guards that could potentially be not taking away his options. I think that Murray has to become a DFS asset if that's the case. I love the Murray pick too. He's got super high upside for, I mean, he's super inconsistent. That's why his, his right. price stays down a little bit, you know. Um, but and he, he has that upside. On, I think it's based on the fact that there are so many different guards that are playing for the Nuggets yeah. in every single given night that there's no way for Murray to be consistent. When there are injuries that are going on, like Gary Harris, like Emmanuel Moutier, if Will Barton were to go down or something like that, Murray instantly becomes an, uh, an automatic start for me because he has the opportunity to be consistent. Yeah, and he's more of that tournament guy for me rather than a, a 50-50. His inconsistencies, inconsistencies make me want to use him more in tournaments rather than um, like a, a 50-50s. But I, I think you're right. He, he's a guy that's going to see the ball a lot more, especially if Gary Harris sits out. There's a lot of intriguing guards in that matchup where you know him and, him and Will Barton become plays where, ooh, this guy's got some, some pretty big upside. I mean, Harris was spot at shoot around. They're hoping he's going to be active Wednesday's game. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, even if he were to play, this is back to your point where you don't like to use guys that are coming off injury. He's having to ice his elbow before he's going out there and practice. Yeah. I think that, that should be saying something as far as if you want to use him or not. That's, that's where my concern lies at times, I guess. Moving over to the Spurs Trailblazers, 10 o'clock Eastern time tip off. Danny Green probable with the groin injury. Kawhi Leonard will be out resting. So more Rudy Gay and maybe a little bit more Kyle Anderson too. Parker's also going to be joining the rest train. So to Hante Murray, Patty Mills, and then of course, Kyle Anderson is probable. So of those guys, anything really pique your interest as far as DFS goes? You know, right away when I saw the, the Leonard injury, I jumped over to Rudy Gay, but then I looked at his price, 5,600. I'm not I'm not liking that. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's an option. I'm really considering. I think that's just too expensive for for a guy that's has too many pretty big off games. Um, right. When you look at you know Dante Murray and and Mills, that's always a situation that scares me a little bit too because I just don't know who's getting the workload there. That you know Popovich kind of switches between the two at times. You know, at least when when Parker was out for that you know extended period of time. If anything, maybe I'd I'd give Murray a, a shot as a cheaper guy. Um, I think he's what is he. 
4,300. So that's, that's really cheap for, um, a guy like that. I still don't necessarily like it. I think I'm a little too worried uh, yeah. about the workload in, in the production there. I would rather go with the the better, more higher potential Murray, and that is Jamal Murray of the Nuggets if we're going to yeah, be paying definitely. up for someplace. I, I agree. I'm staying away. I understand, again, if you want a salary break, that becomes an interesting name with Parker out there. But what Patty Mills could provide is always too much of a risk for me as far as wanting to play Murray. So yeah. I'll go different directions at the point guard spot. I recognize the savings are there and I recognize really the matchup is too. The trailblazers aren't the greatest when it comes to defending the point guard or shooting guard spot. Nevertheless, I'm, I'm going a different direction. Definitely. There's too many other options in the mid tier that we've, we've mentioned that it's just not worth it. Exactly. Grizzlies warriors, another 10 30 Eastern time tip off Brandon Wright, doubtful, not really a big injury asset anyway. Chandler Parsons is going to be out with the rest, so maybe more James Ennis, Dylan Brooks, Mike Conley. Again, we've been talking about this for feels like all season. Tyreek Evans, Mario Chalmers can be stepping at the point guard spot. We have Steph Curry. We know he's going to be out. We know he's going to be missing Christmas Day. That was all over the, yep. the mainstream media yep. news. I could care less about Christmas Day matchups, not going <laughs> to lie. It doesn't really help me at all for DFS, but we know Steph Curry will be out. Sean Livingston is a game-time decision, so with Curry out, Livingston may be not playing. Patrick McCaw becomes another interesting name at the point guard spot. Again, he might have to play 30 minutes a night. They might just have to do that. This is one of those situations where the Warriors should be able to beat the Grizzlies, even with Kevin Durant is limited. I'm not saying he's injury-wise limited, but maybe if they just completely shut him down, yeah. I still think the Warriors beat the Grizzlies, so maybe McCaw becomes an interesting DFS option as well. For me, McCaw's not the guy here. Um, he had 23 minutes and 30 minutes the last two times out barely hit uh he, he missed double double digit Fanduel points in one and, and only had 13 in the other so i don't think he's got the the upside there i think they're just running through clay thompson and kevin durant a lot there um if anything maybe andre agudal is handling the ball a little more as well um so mccaw's not the guy I, if anything i'm looking at the front court injuries um for for, for well, value i there. mean talk about that zaza patchouli just game on a decision with the shoulder injury so that's jordan bell javel mcgee that benefit from that and of course draymond green part of that poo-poo platter of power forwards that are all hurt and yeah. we're saying punt 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 on the power forwards but right, right. if he's out that means jordan bell omar caspi caspi being a, a name that is very intriguing in the sense that he has been a starter in the past especially with the kings even last year a guy that we could find some dfs usage out of and if we're talking about all these injuries the warriors are going through the high profile games they have to play yet to come I think Caspi might be one of the situations where he gets enough minutes and enough opportunities to score where he could be a DFS guy too. Yeah, Caspi and Jordan Bell both have have had those 30 to even 40 Fanduel point mm-hmm. games recently where it's like, okay, wow, these guys are good. Um, they, their prices might be moving up a little bit you know, since they've been in that starting lineup um, for a couple games in a row now. You know, Jordan Bell's up to 4,400, not too crazy, so that's, that's still solid. And Bell is listed as a small forward, right? Yeah, I think power forward. Okay, but again, that that's an interesting de- dilemma. If he's yeah. a small forward, I'm staying away from that entirely. And I Definitely. know he's been listed as a small forward on other sites. We won't mention that. But um, power forward, if he's a power forward option, that becomes immediately more intriguing to me because there are so many limited power forward options. It feels like a toss-up. Yeah, Your lineup will hinge on what you want to do with the power forward spot, but good luck guessing what you should do <laughs> because there's about 12 different options you could ch- you could take depending even on double-up or tournament format. Right, right. And, and actually, for Draymond Green specifically, Specifically, I, th- I was looking at uh, you know the the RotoWire news on him um, on Monday. They said he hadn't practiced in over a week. So I that's don't, not encouraging. I don't think he's playing. No, I really I don't. don't. So, so I, I got to think Bell and Caspi are going to be those guys that that, which that benefit. You, which one do you like more? If you had to pick between Caspi or Bell, which one would you go with? 
I like Bell a little bit more surprisingly. Um, it could be the positioning that he's a power forward. Um, but in general, I think he's previously I looked at his, his game log. He had a, at least one 43 FanDuel point game or something like that. He's got that upside. Um, Caspi, he's there. I like, I like what he can do. I think Caspi's got a higher floor than Jordan okay. Bell. That's, but, well, that's why I like him. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I think Bell could go off and have, have that bigger bigger game, though. Well, I'll be one to note, especially one I'll, I'll be keeping my eyes on as we get closer to that 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off when we officially announce our DFS lineups for Wednesday slate. Rounding out the, uh, the lineups, your son, uh, Suns Clippers 10.30 Eastern time tip-off. We've talked a lot about Devin Booker being out. That's Josh Jackson, Troy Daniels that step up in his place. Lou Williams is probable with an ankle injury, so that's at least a little bit of a higher tier shooting guard option that you should have available. Daniel Gallinari going to be out with the hip injury. Wesley Johnson out. So that means Jameel Wilson, Sam Decker. And of course, Blake Griffin is still going to be out for a while. So, you know, not many injuries that are new as far as that. And right. we already know Lou Williams is likely going to be playing. So that adds a different dimension. Let's quickly run through the Rotowire optimizer line, which I touched on earlier. It loves that Rockets Lakers matchup and also loves that Celtics heat matchup too. So Lonzo ball, going against the Rockets at 7,400. Tyler Johnson, who we talked about too, going against the Celtics at 4,500. Those are your two point guard options. At shooting guard, we have James Harden at 11,100, being one of the highest-priced players on Wednesday's slate. He's, against, of course, going against the Lakers. Dion Waiters against the Celtics at 5,800. We have Jimmy Butler at 9,400 going against the Nuggets. And then Trevor Ariza right back at going against the Lakers at 5,400. Julius Randle going against the Rockets. Larry Nance going against the Rockets. 5,500 and 4,900 respectively for the power forward spot. And then rounding out the Rotoware Optimizer lap is the center spot, Willie Cauley-Stein against the Nets at 6,000. I like the lineup. I like what it did, and I like the matchups it targeted. I'm not sure I liked some of the extra pieces that were added in there. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I was thinking. I like the overall look of it. I like that they targeted the the Rockets-Lakers game. I like a lot of their value plays with Tyler Johnson and Randall. Um, But again, there's there's a couple throw-ins there where I'm not so sure about it. You know, Lonzo Ball's a tough one That was the first one that came to mind. I don't like him going up against Chris Paul. Everyone kind of brings their all when they go up against Lonzo just because of his dad and all that that hype around him. So everyone loves just giving Lonzo their best shot. I don't like that play. I think Chris Paul's going to give him heck. Um, Trevor Ariza, I know that's another one in that Lakers game. I'm okay with it. Um, I think in leagues that emphasize three-point shooting, that becomes a lot more interesting of a name because I think yeah. it'll be spread out enough. There's going to be a lot of, all right, where's Chris Paul? Where's James Harden? And Ariza at times get lost on the side for those corner yeah, threes. exactly. And it's a matter of making or missing them. I really think he'll get those opportunities, and I like that when it comes to DFS. So long as you're getting opportunities, I'll be willing to put my money on you there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I just don't think – I think there's better sh- uh, small forward options on the slate. Exactly. Um, but, but, yeah, everyone else in there, Tyler Johnson, I'm okay with. Harden, Waiters, there's a lot of guys in there that we talked about previously um, that c- could have pretty pretty good nights. I think it's going to be best for our lamps if we just go ahead and do the position-by-position thing that we normally do. Our, so, well, I should say we'll have you run down – and I'll kind of touch on some of the positions that we haven't already done. You have a few guys we haven't mentioned as far as your lineup goes, and then same as far as my lineup, but there's a few guys we haven't mentioned that I like quite a bit. So, Ben, how about you run down your lineup right now, and we'll kind of go back and then circle on to some of the positions that I would like to ask more questions on. Sure, yeah, I'll go Chris Paul I'm paying up for at point guard uh, against the Lakers, 10,200. Jeff Teague against the Nuggets, 6,400. James Harden against the Lakers, 11,100, so that's two over 10,000 price guys there in the, in the backcourt. Will Barton, um, hopefully Gary Harris sits out to help me out there against the Timberwolves, 6,200. Mario Hazonia uh, against the Bulls, 4,800. Reggie Bullock uh, Maver- against the Mavericks, 3,700. Thad Young uh, against the Hawks, 6,100. Julius Randle 
against the Rockets, 5,500, and at center, Willie Cauley-Stein against the Nets at 6,000. And again, we've touched on a lot of these different guys, so I'll just go on to the one or the two guys in the, in the backcourt that I'm interested in as far as your lineup goes, and they also play in the same game. So Jeff Teague, Nuggets, 6,400 point guard option, or he's going against the Nuggets, and of course, Will Barton against the Timberwolves. If Gary Harris does play, will you still have Barton in your lineup? I think I will. It, it's, okay. I'm not too worried about it. Um, Barton, Barton's a guy that kind of just blows up at, at any given point. Um, inconsistent, but he blows up. <laughs> um, so I, I like the price. It's just a, that mid-tier price, 6200 It's not overly expensive, and the, the Timberwolves aren't really that great defensively. Certainly. Um, so I still think it's it's viable with without um, or with you know Harris playing. Definitely his value skyrockets with, without Harris, and I think he's almost a must-play for me if, if Harris sits out. And then Teague is another guy that I, I would rather go Jamal Murray, his counterpart in this sense, that 800 less dollars really has a better upside, I think, than Teague. So why did you choose the Teague option at 6,400? It's, it's another one of those, the Nuggets give up the, the most overall points to, to point guards um, for the whole season. Right. So that, that's, that's kind of why I'm, why I'm looking at that matchup. Um, I think Teague's solid. I think you're right that Murray could have that ceiling point maybe. Um, I, I just I still feel like Teague's gonna have the better game in this one. There's just defensively the Nuggets don't do it in the backcourt, so um, I, I like Teague. Another six K ish option that I think you can definitely rationalize putting into live is Jeff Teague. My point guards Tyler Johnson, Jamal Murray. We've talked about them extensively now at this point. My shooting guard I'm going with Victor Oladipo at 9600 against the Hawks. He's my second highest priced guy. We've discussed the Dion Waiters, Josh Richardson plays already. Mario Hazonia we've talked about quite a bit too. You have Thad Young in your lineup. I have Thad Young in my lineup at 6,100 as the power forward spot. Nicole Miritich uh, and then my other power forward, I ended up paying up. That was kind of my punt play was paying up overall. I wanted high upside plays. And I think that uh, Miritich is going to be able to do that at 7,100 against the Magic. I feel good. And then I also went with another Nicola, but Vucevic against the Bullseye at 10,000 even price at the center. He is my highest overall guy. I kind of put him in there almost to touch on it as a tournament play. I don't think a lot of people are going to go in this direction. You're going to see Durant, you're going to see James Harden, you're going to see Chris Paul, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I want to have those guys in there. But Vucevic has really done a great job. The Bulls struggle a lot defensively against the center spot. And if we're talking about other centers out there, I liked Jokic, but he's still coming off the injury. He's not getting enough minutes yeah, overall. Yeah. And then it was kind of it. Andre Drummond is not – I don't feel great about him at 9,700 either. So what center is going to give me a difference maker? And I think really Vucevic is going to be that guy more so than Carl Anthony Towns, more so than anybody else on Wednesday slate. So I felt good about that. Yeah, Vucevic is probably one of the biggest surprises of the whole season for me. He's kind of just been sneaky, sneaky putting up huge numbers. And I mean, obviously now that he's priced at 10,000, people should realize that. Um, but <laughs> I, the but I still word. think the same, I think it's the same thing that he's just not like that, re- that recognizable of a name where people are automatically like, oh, I want him in my lineup. So I think you're right where the ownership might not be that high. He's at a 58, 47, 48, 65, 55, 63. Those are his last six games as far as FanDuel points, and he's only getting more opportunities with Aaron Gordon out. Aaron Gordon is still out. I'm going to have Vucevic in my lineup. I think it's as simple as that. And again, I think it gives me a bit of variety if I'm going to put this into a tournament lineup that we're going to see guys going with the Chris Pauls and the James Hardens, and Vucevic might actually be the safest 
and highest upside play of them all. Right. Yeah. I think the biggest thing there is without Aaron Gordon. Um, that's that's way a lot more touches for, for Vucevic in the front court. Absolutely. All right. Well, that does it for us on Wednesday's NBA DFS slate. Well, again, we'll be posting our official lamps close to the seven o'clock Eastern time tip off. Rotoware always tweets out our podcast here, but of course it also will have our lamps listed below that. So if you want to check out what we will be officially posting, it'll be closer to seven o'clock Eastern time tip off. We love the fact that we're playing on FanDuel. We've been talking about this all year. I love the fact that I could compete against you. I did lose last week Wednesday. It was a close affair. I got pretty close at least, and you know, I didn't get a chance to Monday. Yeah. Right. So I saved myself the embarrassment <laughs> of losing once more. But at the same time, we're having a lot of different interesting discussions as far as who do we want power forward? Who do we want shooting guard? Who do we want small forward? And these are discussions that we can't really have anywhere else. So the fact that we FanDuel is providing that is always a great thing for us. Yeah, I got to love the different strategies there, the ability to to kind of play at any different price range you want, um, play against friends. There's, there's a lot of different features on FanDuel that you can take advantage of. If you want a free six-month RotoWire subscription, plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million Dollar Maker. You only got a couple more weeks till you can cash in on that. Uh, you can go ahead and go to fanduel.com slash RW. That's on your first deposit to FanDuel and also void where prohibited. Final note, though, again, you can find us on JB Fantasy Sports as far as Twitter goes, and then Ben Man doing work for you, of course. Ben, that is the best word of wire handle there is. Um, I, I, I know I'm, I'm happy to be doing this again, and I'm looking forward to get back on Monday. Definitely good to have you back. 